2024 is the year of podcasts, and we want to let you know about a brand new show that is live right now. Join with me to share the good news about the Worthy of Everything podcast. It's just one of the two hosts, Jaja Lasso. Jaja, you've been working on this podcast in the background. Our team has been very excited as we've been preparing for its launch. How does it feel to know that the episodes finally are out there and we're moving forward every single week? It is so exciting and I am just excited to see where God takes it and I have so much hope that it is going to be an incredible blessing to the listeners. Amen, amen. But as I understand it, this is a show tackling the issues of mental health through the lens of the gospel. Can you share just a little bit more about the heart and the intent and who you're really trying to serve through the Worthy of Everything podcast? So I personally was freed from depression and as I've come to understand my freedom from sin and identity in Christ, I start to recognize all these amazing gifts that God has given us. So yeah, just exploring and hearing awesome testimonies about how to walk out true intimacy with a loving father who pursues his kids. Oh man, sounds like a good time. If you want to check out the show, lovereality.org slash podcasts and look for the Worthy of Everything show. The world doesn't think that the gospel can change your life, but we know that it can. And that's why we want you to hear these stories, stories of transformation, stories of freedom, people getting free from sin and healed from sin because of Jesus. This is Death to Life. Another lie that I used to believe was that truth and reality were two different things. So truth was what God said, but reality was my situation. Knowing that the blood of Christ had cleansed me, had cleansed me from the sin committed against me. And on that cross, he became the abandonment that I had been suffering for 20 plus years. Hey there. <laughs> no, no, let me start it. Again, and then I'll ask you a question. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Yo. Okay. <laughs> you keep talking. <laughs> Yo, this is the Death to Life podcast. I'm Richard Young, and this is uh, this episode is with my girl Ame. If you can hear her laughing in the background, she is. Uh, if you've ever been on one of the Bible studies, she's the girl that at the end of every single Bible study that she's on says, "Hey, Tyler, uh, Richard, stay on the line. I want to say, I want to ask you a question." That's Ame. That's not true. That is true. Uh, Ame, what would you say? What would you say this episode is about? This episode is about the love of God and the complete work of Christ, healing wounds and restoring relationships. Mercy, I love it. I love it. So that's what this episode episode is about. Uh, let's just jump into it. Buckle up, strap in. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. This is real talk, God is loving on me. Colorful and innocent, that's on me. Got me standing in the light, so, and it's on I'm me. trying to decide. It's a new heart. Is it's this the beat. first it's a new thing. international it's a new uh, it's a death to life episode? It's a new heart. It's no, you have Chelsea. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Is that part of the U.S.? Bermuda's not part of the U.S. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay. Wow. You, you, that, that was really quick. If you wouldn't have said that, I would have thought, yeah, this is the first <laughs> international one. So, uh, you know how we usually start this thing and I'm trying to think, um, 
about old Ame. I don't know how old you are. I don't know, like, who are you? Where are you from? I know that you're in Mexico, but you're pretty close to the California border. Where, where are you from? Um, so I'm Ame. I mean, my name is Ameyali, which Ame pronounced Yali. in Spanish. Uh-huh. Um, What's your I'm full Ame, name? Like, Ameyali Saldaña. Saldaña? You don't have a uh-huh. middle name? Okay, so um, <laughs> so Amiyali is my middle name, actually. Okay, what's your full name? But, oh no, I I don't like my first name, so I never give it out. You're not gonna tell us on the podcast? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I will show you my birth certificate after this. Okay. After we finish. Okay, I'll want to So, w- where are you from, Ami? I am from Baja California. Mexico and Baja California literally means under California. Um, so I live in the border with the U.S. I live in the border with California. Okay, and you were born there? Like you're born near there? Have you lived there your, your whole life? I was born here and I have lived here my whole life, which is pretty interesting because when people think about the life in Mexico, they usually never think about the border. And it is a very different lifestyle than living in the central north, uh, I mean, south part of Mexico. Like, it is pretty Mm -hmm. different. Um, We are pretty Americanized, (laughs) if that's a word. Like, we, like, I obviously speak English, but my native language, my native language is Spanish. Like, Mm -hmm. in my household, we speak Spanish, and I have, like, a bunch of my family in the U.S., so it's one of those family families in which I speak in Spanish to my mom and my aunties and uncles, but I speak some like fifty percent of the time to my cousins in English. Hmm. Um, one of those American Mexican families. Okay. Did you grow up pretty religious? Mm, I wouldn't say so. I grew up Catholic. And by grew up, I'm I'm very young, <laughs> like I'm only turning twenty two, so I'm a child. <laughs> you are pretty. Young. Yeah, <laughs> I am. So I grew up Catholic until I was twelve. Uh-huh. Um. So, and here's the thing: my mom's a family doctor, uh-huh. and she is a single mama. So mm-hmm. she would work a lot. And here in Mexico, Catholic religion is like super normal. Like most people are Catholic. And one of the things we do, like people in Catholic church do, is take their kids to what would be either Sabbath or Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Like they take them like Saturday morning and they prepare to have their first communion. That's what they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom wouldn't take me because <laughs> Saturday morning she would come back from the hospital. Like she would work at night. Um, and I'd stay with like one of my cousins. I'm the youngest of all my cousins. And one of my older cousins would take care of me. And I'd stay with her and my mom would come back Saturday morning for a few years, uh, during my childhood. So I never went to that. Um, uh, we call it catecismo. I never went to that. Um, but I would stay with a friend uh, sometimes, like on 
maybe Saturday, like during the evening, and her parents would take her. Mm-hmm. And as I was thinking about this, something that was how I see the Lord just like bringing me to him since I was little is that I would go with her to this like school, like Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd go with her and I would be fascinated <laughs> by the teachings, like just picture like nine-year-old Ami just like looking at the teacher just talking. I remember the kids wouldn't care about it, but I was like so into it mm-hmm. and I loved it. And that was, I knew God was real. Um, and my mom kind of was into new age things. Like we were Catholic, but she wasn't too. I can't exactly recall what she was into, but like yoga and stuff like that. Um, and I believed like God was real. Angels were real. And I didn't know him and I didn't really think of him. But he loved me. But like, that's like all I knew. I don't I don't think I knew much much more of him. Hmm. So when did uh talk to me about you said <clears throat> you were Catholic until you were twelve. What happened at age twelve? Mm, okay. So when I was twelve, here's when I, when I still was in the Catholic Church, I was like I got to do my first communion because, girl, I'm 12. <laughs> like, um, this is something kids do when they're seven. Like, I'm 12. Like, I'm kind of old and I have to do my first communion. And it was it was pretty workspaced, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Like, it is a pretty workspace scenario in which, like, you have to do this. And I was baptized in the Catholic Church as a baby, too. Mm-hmm. Mm, very cute pictures. <laughs> but I... I was like, we got to do my first communion. And my mom had a patient. And that patient had a son that was a priest in Rome. Um, and she was like, this priest says he wants to like do your first communion for you. So we're going to do it. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I went and I, you confess as a child, like everything you have done wrong. What were you confessing? And I have no clue. I actually went to this priest and I am, it was pure, like it was pure hearted. Like I was like, I don't think I have done anything wrong. And and that that was a lie. But but he was like, "Mm, just think about the times you have lied or being mean to someone. And I'm like, oh, I have done that. Like I've done that. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, can you think of anything else? And I'm like, I, no and he's like okay do you want to receive communion and i'm like yeah i do and we did like i did it was a it was very special um i had actually like they do mass like the event like the catholic service let's call it that Uh they do it and i had invited a few people and only my my godmother and my godfather went um which is if you're Latino, that's like a very normal thing. Like you have godparents. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like set. And my auntie, um, they went and it was just three of them and my mom and I. And like thinking about it makes me want to cry. Because I received communion from this priest. And 
the whole, that was my first encounter with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Um, I cried my eyes out. <laughs> I remember I took communion, so they make you taste a little bit of wine in like this thing. I don't remember how it's called. I'm sorry, but it's like a piece of bread or like a thin cookie, and they make you taste it. And it's pretty bitter. <laughs> they make you taste it. And I don't remember exactly how it went down, but I cried and cried and cried. And this priest is like, are you excited? And I'm like, yeah, I'm so excited. And I had no idea why, but it was, now I know that it was the Holy Spirit. So that was the moment I I met the Holy Spirit in that empty Catholic church. Hmm. Um, And it's a very special moment, <laughs> as you can see. Yeah. But yeah, that's that was the first time I I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, and yeah, that was the first time. And then after that is when I stopped being Catholic in my life. I completely switched. What did you switch to? Um. So as I said, my mom's a single mother, and. We, even though she's a doctor, like raising a kid with quality education on your own is not always the easiest thing. Mm-hmm. So we were struggling with money at that time. And my mom says that she, that she just like shouted out to the board one time and she was like, this can be it. Like this thing that I'm going through, like economical struggles and not feeling enough, it can't be it. Like, I'm literally just, like, calling out to you for help. Hmm. And I don't know exactly when that happened. Um, and I was pretty young, so I wouldn't see everything. Okay. I Like, I wouldn't realize everything that was happening around me. And I used to go to these English classes with one of my, with, like, girls around my age, a bit older, maybe, like, two to three years older than me. and. This one girl was like my closest friend, like out of all of them, out of all of the girls. And I remember seeing her and I was like, this girl's different. Hmm. Like she was sweet. Like she was kind to people with disabilities. Like she wouldn't talk bad about people behind their back. Like she wouldn't do any of those things. And we would have, we had like a really great friendship. Like I was 12, I was 12. She was 14. And this one time we had like a final presentation mm-hmm. and my mom went to see me. And again, it was a Saturday and my mom went to see me and mm, my, my friend's mom was sitting down like at a little bench and my mom's, oh no, it was the other way around. My mom was sitting down at a bench, just like waiting for everything to start so she could go into the classroom and just like see what I was going to do. And this lady starts walking up to her. She's like walking up to my mom and my mom's like, she is coming my way, but I have no idea who that is. They start talking. They think like they like one another, like in a friend-like way. and. They were like, oh, like, who do, you, who do you come to see? And they're like, oh, my daughter. They're both like, oh, my daughter. And 
they were like, actually, it, like, it's time. They were like, they had to leave. They had to come into this, like, classroom. And they realized that they were going into the same classroom and that their daughters were friends. Mm-hmm. And after that, we went to, we went to grab a, bur- a burger after, like, this presentation. And my mom, they were having such a good conversation. My mom was like, do you want to go eat something? Like, why don't we go with the girls and we'll just like sit somewhere else? Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah. So th- what they were talking and my mom says that this lady started just like answering every single question she had asked the Lord. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Um, and she invited us to a church, like a Christian, a non-denominational Christian church. And that was a Saturday. It was Saturday, June 8th, and by Sunday, June 9th, we were at that church, like literally the next day. So it was and, just the kindness of this lady then? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Wow. Um, yeah. And she started just like responding, and something that this lady, which is like my auntie now, later told us is that the Lord told her, like, as the eagle... Like go to the, go to her, like go for her, go to my mom, and so she went to my mom, and and they're still pretty good friends, like to this day, like almost ten years after. Um, and we went to that church, and that's when I I met the Lord for real. So, what were you learning about God? What who was God to you? As this time in these mm. ten years in the as you've been growing up when I first got to that church i was I was very hurt mm, and I think this is important to say mm, my dad leaving the abandonment on of my dad happened when I was very young, like four year old, four years old max. Mm-hmm. And it marked me in a very severe way. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I had built up hate and anger and sadness and fear. Um, my mom said that she, I, so I would like burst in anger at times. And she said that she thought she thought for like a few moments of her life that she, she was like, if this doesn't change, I don't know what I'm going to do with this girl when she's 17. Like it was that bad. Mm-hmm. Like I would aggressively react when something like triggered me. Mm-hmm. And I was very hurt. So I don't remember everything, but I remember I, every time I would go to this church and worship would happen. I would just like cry and cry and cry and cry. And this time when I had just got to the church and I remember very clearly, it was, it was funny because I was in that age, I was like between 12 and 13 where you're like starting to be a teenager. And I remember, and this is, I find it funny now, but it was obviously important to me back then. I remember that I, something that I wanted, first of all, was approval. Like now I can see that. But I wanted a boyfriend. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I just want like a little boyfriend to. Ba- I just wanted love and attention. 
-hmm. Like it was, it came from a very innocent heart. Um, and this one time, so something that I had, so I was completely new to this. Like I had no idea the Lord could talk to you and the Lord could be your dad and like any of it. Like I had no clue about this. Like I knew no Christian around me. And I remember this one time we were in worship and that time was just like, when you really, when you first just get to Christianism, it's just like music and you know, they're singing about God and you like it. And just like, you're like getting the hang of raising your hands and just like, you know, but this one time I was in worship. I remember I had my, my eyes open and everything. I was super young. And this girl, like, She's older than me. I actually still talk to her. She comes to me and she starts giving me a word from God. Hmm. And she's like talking to me. And this girl starts telling me every single desire of my heart. Hmm. And like tiny little details about something that I remember. Like I really love sunsets. I have always loved sunsets like to this day. And she, I remember I would watch the sunset, but they were little things that sometimes you don't consider important when so you don't talk to anyone about them. Mm-hmm. And I, like, no one knew little things about myself, but something I remember this girl told me was like, it was the Lord telling me, like, I want to watch the sunset with you. And it sounds very little and just like very vain. But she started just like, she started speaking to my little 13-year-old heart. And just like the love of God started just like washing my heart with softness. Because my heart was, I was full of hate and anger and pride, even though I was super young. Um, so this girl comes up to me and she starts telling me like all of these beautiful things that I desire that no one, absolutely no one knew about. Um, and my heart just like explodes. Like I just remember just like crying super hard. Um, but that was the first time I knew the, I knew God was something else Hmm. that what I had known. How old were you when this was happening? 13 max. Hmm. Yeah. Like between 12 and 13. So the, these marks that your pop put on you when he took off that had kind of made you into a, a, a bitter and angry person. And yeah. then this girl comes along and she's telling you this stuff. What else were you learning about God as, as, you're grow- as you were growing? Mm. I think that he was present. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't absent and he knew me. Mm-hmm. Like I remember this conversation I had with my mom one time. We were in the car and this was before all of this happened. And I was like, why do you think God knows about it? And she's like, hmm, I don't know. I was like, do you think he knows us like pretty well? Or, or is it like maybe he knows my name? And he knows a little bit of who I am. And he knows what school I go to. And my mom's like, 
Mm, maybe he doesn't know what school you go to, but he knows you go to school and he knows your name. And I'm like, oh, I, I guess so. <laughs> like I, I had, I didn't, I didn't know he knew me. Um, so I was, and this probably was unspoken, oh, unspoken teaching. Like I was learning this from the things that I was seeing and feeling around me. Mm-hmm. And and also like the Holy Spirit opening up my heart, but I was like, I remember like knowing that he was present, that he was that he knew me, and I got preached at that he was my father, and since I was fatherless, I I I held on to him being a hmm. father. Hmm. Yeah. So. I don't know how long it's been since you've been rocking with freedom, but why don't you give us the build up to this moment in your life where you started seeing things even even clearer about who God is? Mm, okay. So I the seven and a half years that I was in this church that mm-hmm. I'm talking about, because I, I, I left and that's a different story. Um, but I, I grew up in intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. Like I grew, like I grew in the sense that I was like, I would come to my house and I would read my Bible. I would talk to him. My relationship with God basically consisted in, singing to him and talking to him um and i learned his voice very quickly um mm-hmm. and i understand that if you've never been around a healthy christian circle like you maybe don't believe that god can talk to you but we have his spirit like he talks to us and it is pretty discernible Mm-hmm. When you get to know him, and I, I learned his voice very quickly, and I was growing and learning that I had a purpose, which, like again, so many, so many things that I learned were good, but so many of them also had a lot of human wisdom, like they centered in striving in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was growing in that I had a purpose, that I. That I had a father, I was a daughter, uh, I had authority in the Holy Spirit, I had the Holy Spirit living inside of me, I was living by grace through faith, so I had a strong foundation, but I was also growing in this wrong teaching that my soul was evil. Like, I had a perfect spirit because it was the spirit of Christ, but I was always on my life was going to have this evil like wicked soul inside of me so basically my the spirit inside of me was good but the things i wanted were always going to be wicked uh unless i really really like try to be with the lord and really really get to know him almost like a um moses when he was meeting in the i'm sorry i don't remember but when he would go meet with god and he would shine when he met like, him at, at uh, the burning happen. bush, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, and his face would shine um, from being with God. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, 
like I, yeah, I would basically have to make the shining happen. And also like trans emotional healing was my own job. And just like so many things that yes, well, meanwhile, my faith was strong. I also was very strong in work-based, in a work-based environment and in striving environment. Like I, I knew my salvation, like I didn't have to work for my salvation, but I did have to work for be to be accepted. If that makes hmm. sense. Now that makes sense. And I'm glad you kind of brought this up, this idea of your spirit was good but your your soul was bad or something like that. I think that's what you were saying. That's what you believed, right? What I was told is that I had a body, a soul, and a spirit, which we know that's true. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely say the soul was confused with the flesh. Hmm. So my, my spirit was perfect because I had the spirit of Christ. But I was always going to have to battle being prideful. I was always going to have to battle um, sin and temptation. And I was always going to have to battle anger and unforgiveness and all of it. Like all my life, I was going to have to battle my soul because I was evil. So I and deep down, it didn't sink in. Like if I'm completely honest, like I would hear certain things like, yeah, like. like when they were preaching it was like oh but you know like like let's not fake it like we all have these horrible thoughts and whatever and I remember thinking sometimes I was like I don't have those thoughts Mm -hmm. but it was it like it was contrary to one another because my spirit was perfect but I didn't believe I was good so it was like never enough and it was a constant striving kind of situation. And that was a pretty engraved teaching that I had, though the Lord never spoke that to me. Like he hmm. never said, your soul's wicked. That's why you're doing this. Hmm. Like he would father me. Like he, through everything, the Lord was actually fathering me. But my... This innocent trust that I had in the church leaders around me would just lead me to believe, like, oh, yeah, like, my soul's wicked. And I'm not saying anyone's bad. Like, I am actually extremely grateful for every bit of teaching that I had. Yet some of it kept me in bondage um, to this. For sure. So how long... How long were you believing that? Like, what what did that manifest in your life, that belief? Was it just confusion? Or was it easier to fall into anxiousness or anger or self-centeredness because of that kind of belief? Mm. It caused confusion. and It was part of my life, falling into a unstable faith and falling into... Mm. Mm, I had the right to be angry and I had the right to be unforgiven. But it, I lived in this constant battle of, yes, I'm not able to control this being unforgiving and angry, but I know that's not it. 
So I would never measure up because I was believing it was normal for me to have certain things. But since my spirit was perfect, it would bring a bunch of shame. And so I lived under constant shame of never measuring up because I was like, by default, bad. Hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it doesn't hold up if you really question it. But we didn't question it really because we just thought, oh, this is what we've been like. We didn't even know that we could question it. It's just kind of like you're born this way and you can't help but sin. But we don't question it because if we did, we'd be wondering, well, why does he tell us not to if we can't control it? Why does he tell us not to sin if we're always going to sin and we sin as we breathe? Why is he telling us not to? It doesn't really hold up to scrutiny. Um, but if you don't even know to ask that question, cause it's just a belief that's so solid in there, um, you're, you're just, yeah. you're just believing it, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that was like, oh, all of my teenage years, I believe that like literally from 13 to like 20, I believe those things. Um, so it brought fruit unto death. And some fruit was pretty good. Like I, I read some like notes that I had made in the Bible app and they were fantastic. Like they were freedom completely, like a hundred percent freedom, a hundred percent the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I had the Holy Spirit inside of me, Mm -hmm. but my mind was not even as close to renewed as it is right now. Mm. Like I, and it was. It was sad and funny, you know, that I'm thinking about it because it's like I knew again that I was not in sin because I was in Christ, uh-huh. but I never knew what that meant. Hmm. And I remember like one of the things um, I first like learned in coming to freedom was that I was free from sin. And like we can go into what that means because that was that's like actually my story of freedom. But like like one of the things I remember is that I was like, what does it mean that I'm free from sin? And in the moments where I would feel very angry, I was like, it means that I'm free from this. Hmm. Like this that I'm going through right now, I'm free from this. Like I'm free from exploding in anger. Like I'm so free from this. And it was a growing of I'm crying and I'm angry, but this is not me. Right. Um, and yeah. So you're you're growing in this misunderstanding of your soul, your your flesh, all of this. Um, what happened? <laughs> How did you start? How, what 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 came to you? Um. So I had just started. I just started university. So I'm I'm a law student uh-huh. just for like context. I had just started university and I was like growing and just like things and I was still like striving and I used to believe that my career was the sole purpose of my life <laughs> and I had and I was born to be a lawyer and I better perform really good and I better be an awesome lawyer. Um because uh-huh. that was the way I knew. Like that was part of the acceptance and performance I had known. And I, Mm -hmm. I 
saying this as it comes to my mind, but I remember I was not at peace with the things I would do, even though even though they were good. <laughs> like I was not at peace, and I I was a good girl. Like I've always been a pretty obedient girl. Um, mm-hmm. but I remember just like I was in my bed, and I must have been around eighteen, and I was just like rolling around in my bed, and I was like, what? what is the will of God for my life? Like, what is it? Like, I was so desperate. I was like, what is the will of God for my life? I don't understand. And out of nowhere, this thought strikes my mind. And it's, what if the will of God is where I am right now? And I could breathe. And I was like, thank you, Lord. (laughs) Um, But I... I was living and striving and I was exhausted, like terribly tired. And my first semester in law school ends. The second one starts. I'm having a great time and the pandemic hits. That's when the pandemic hit. And I, yeah, so everything goes like online and whatever, including school. And I don't remember when that was. It must have been March of 2020. Oh, no, that I remember. (laughs) But I don't. (laughs) I don't remember when what I'm going to say exactly happened. Um, But I was watching YouTube. And this girl, and it's not Savannah yet, but this girl, uh, his name's Brittany. She's like talking about that the Holy Spirit just like put in her heart that she for her to start a youtube channel and she was like and i feel in my heart that for someone watching this there's a project that the lord has for you too Hmm. and i just like my heart starts pounding and i'm like what is it like lord i don't i don't want to make youtube videos i don't like to be on camera like what (laughs) like what am i supposed to do (laughs) and i was like a podcast and I'm like, yeah, a podcast for sure. And the verse that came to my mind very, very strongly is when Jesus, and I believe that's in Luke, Jesus is saying, I have come to bring freedom to the captives. And that verse stuck with me, specifically hmm. the word freedom. And mind you, I had no idea about love reality, about any of it, like none of it. I had no clue. I only knew my church, like my church from my hometown. Uh, And I was like, yeah, uh, I want to do a podcast. And I remember I went to my pastor and I was like, I want to start this project because it was very important for me to have like the approval of those like, why, why is that new God and whatever. So I go to my pastor and I get a yes. I'm like, yeah, start if you want to start a podcast. Like that's oh, I remember like talking to my pastor. And I was like, I have this dream and whatever. And they're like, Yeah, you this dream is not it's not from you, it's from God. Because again, like my dreams were not good and God's dreams were good. And I remember like thinking in my head, but like, but we're one. <laughs> like my dreams are his dreams. And so that that things ha- like that thing happens, and that verse comes comes to my mind. And a few, it must have been like two months after or something. I'm watching YouTube again because that's what you did in the pandemic. <laughs> I I was watching YouTube, 
And I had been watching Savannah for a few years at this point. Mm. How did and you Savannah find Savannah? Just just because you were looking up Christian YouTubers? Yeah, I was watching someone, someone else's YouTube channel, and I saw Savannah and Brayden. And I thought that Brayden's hair was super cool. And so <laughs> I was like, I look. <laughs> and so I was like looking on how to connect with Savannah and Brayden. And I found Savannah's YouTube channel. And at that point, my view of what was good, what was whatever revelation my church had. Mm-hmm. And I remember just like watching Savannah's videos. And I was like, yeah, she has the same revelation as my church. Like, he's good. She's good. and. <laughs> I started watching her videos and this was before she got pregnant with their first daughter and everything like this was a while back. Mm-hmm. And during the pandemic, I was watching one of Savannah's videos. And this girl is talking about freedom. And she's like, I'm so good. And I have this rest in Christ that I'm experiencing. And I have never experienced this in, experienced this in my life ever. And this is so good. And I'm like, oh, I'm like that sounds pretty good. And yeah. I like that. <laughs> I was that. like, this sounds, I like it. Yeah. And now that I'm, I'm remembering all of this, like I remember I, I was talking to God. Uh, I prayed for a few months. Like, Lord, there has to be more of you that I don't know about. Hmm. And I was just like praying to him. And I was like, you have to be more that than just like emotional balance in knowing how to manage my emotions. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be more than this. Because mm-hmm. what I knew was also pretty based in controlling your emotions and growing in emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. So it was a, a lukewarm mix of works and grace. Um, and I was like, Lord, you have to be more than this. Like, this is not good enough. Like, I don't think this is you. And four months, I pray that. And I was like, show me, like, open my eyes. Cause I don't believe this is all of you. And so I hear Savannah and I was like, that sounds awesome. And so I follow her on Instagram. And I don't know how long after that, I think it was pretty short, maybe like a week after that. She's like, oh, there's this like Zoom meeting and and she posted like shout out to Love Reality or something. And I had no idea what Love Reality was like. I had no clue. Uh-huh. And and she's like and she posted the link or she was like, click the link in the bio or something like that. Uh-huh. And I didn't even care about Love Reality. I just cared about being friends with Savannah. <laughs> Because <laughs> I wanted what she had. <laughs> and I was like, if she's going to be there, I'm going to be there because I only care about being her friend because I, I want what she has. Huh. <laughs> and so I go and I click into this link and I think I actually, and I didn't understand the thing. Like I had no idea how this worked. I was like, a tour? Like a real reality tour? Like how long are they going to It doesn't be make here? sense, does it? Yeah, does it? <laughs> Yeah, it, like we're, it we're, didn't make we don't really. Yeah, and I'm like, they're in Hawaii. Like, I had no idea. <laughs> and so, was it was it a Friday know. night, Saturday night? What was it? 
it was a Friday night. I remember okay. that very clearly. And it was it, it was a Friday night. And I clicked into the link. And when I got there, the first thing I saw was Will's face. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I, hi, Will. Because I, and I remember he asked me my name and everything. Um, And it ended, like, <laughs> the first session ended, like, three minutes after I joined. And I was like, they seem cool. But I thought I sent a message to the Love Reality Instagram and I was like, are you guys going to be here on the weekend? And they text me back. We're going to be here until I don't know what day. And I don't know why I understood that they were not going to be there on the weekend. And they were going to start again on Monday. So I joined Monday, like the next Monday. Oh, so you missed the, the next couple of days. Yeah, I missed, I missed like three days uh-huh. and I get in there and I just like, everything just like starts. It, it was like music to my ears. <laughs> like everything that they were, they were saying it was so good. Like Jonathan was preaching and every single day, like I still had like four complete days uh-huh. at least, if not more. Every single day lies were being just like taken out of my mind and it was like the veils were being just like removed from my eyes Mm -hmm. and it was clear as day and everything that jonathan was preaching was setting me free and i knew that the phrase you guys had was freedom Mm -hmm. and i actually in it had to be done by the lord because i didn't know gospel language in english like i only knew it in spanish (laughs) so some of it i had to learn as i went like but give me an example but it was hmm, i think flesh the word flesh what is that in uh, spanish what would you use in spanish la carne okay yeah or righteousness like, I, I had heard about the justice of God, but I had no idea what righteousness was. And it became my favorite word. Like, I would be preaching, in, not preaching, praying in Spanish. And I uh-huh. would say everything in Spanish, but righteousness. Because it was my favorite. Okay, give me an example. I want to hear that. <laughs> How would it sound? You want to hear me speak in Spanish? Yeah, I want to hear the Spanish and the, the Spanglish into the where you would use the word righteousness. I was like... Dios, gracias por la righteousness that I have. Que yo tengo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a big... In my mind, was already, like, kind of in Spanglish. So it became worse. Um, But it was... <laughs> like, it was so good. Like... It was such a smart move, such a loving move from God Hmm. to bring me to a community in English. Because my, it was as if my brain was being rewired. Like, since it wasn't my native language in which I learned to know him, like, it fully allowed me to receive. Hmm. And to actually think about what I was receiving. Um... And I remember, I don't know how the 
I don't remember exactly how that happened, but Jonathan was preaching and he was preaching about the law. And again, I'm a law student and I knew that I wasn't under the law of Moses. Like I knew about it. Like I wasn't under the Ten Commandments or any of that. By theory, I, I knew it. Um, and the first lie that spirit removes like from my belief system is I heard him, I the, this thought really strong in my mind say, you don't have a legalistic mindset. Hmm. Like the spirit removed that from me because I live very, very just like in a rigid mindset. Like things were black or white all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And one of those things was with my dad, like my biological father. I was like, he is horrible. I hate him. Like he's bad. And I had spent seven plus years trying to forgive him. And the the first lie, the spirit is like, that's not it, is I don't have a legalistic mindset. Because I, hmm. I don't even know how to explain that, but I knew I wasn't under the law. But my mindset was still super legalistic. Like mm-hmm. not graceful. Just for fun, is, what is that in Spanish? What is legalism in Spanish? Legalism. Okay. It's the same. Yeah, legalism. When you started learning about it, were you just like, was the word legalistic? Is that the word that came to your mind? Like, I don't have to be like this anymore? Yeah, exactly. And I, I actually have a notebook. I was in Holly's, Holly McCumber's, um, how's it called? The room, the in, his, in her breakup room. Uh-huh. And she was like, and how is that going to look in your day-to-day life from now on? And I'm like, hmm. And I think I just responded like out of what I had in my mouth. Like I just gave her the right answer. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember. I actually have a notebook where I wrote down. I actually even like drew little things because everything Jonathan was preaching like it was so new and it was so good and now that I read it I'm like that that's just Ephesians (laughs) but back then it was like so new (laughs) Ame is there something that you've been listening to watching that's just been blessing your life and you want people to know about it? The Move by Justin Coe. If you, like me, have had a harder time understanding the Old Testament, it is so good. And also every Bible study, internet church, it's been so good. Community, the Love Reality community, it's been such a blessing to me. That's awesome. All right, check out The Move with Justin Coe and friends. I think you'll be really blessed by it. So you go through the whole Yeah. Did we start again right away or did we have a did we have one pretty soon after that? It was the last one you guys did actually. It was the last it one. It was in okay. July. Yeah, it, it was in July. And I remember every single day of that one, like it was the perfect timing. Like one thing and I, I do want to talk about this, it was Tyler and Morgan were giving their testimony. Mm -hmm. 
And Morgan was talking about her spin, her pink sparkly bubble. And Morgan should be a YouTuber or something because she will get you into listening to her. Like, she's pretty good. And I was just, like, <laughs> lost in listening to Morgan. I was just, like, listening to her. And she was, like, talking about her pink sparkly bubble. And after that, and they have, like, their testimonies here. But, like, after that, they play the video where Tyler is baptizing Morgan. and. Uh-huh. Morgan goes into the water and she comes back up. And as soon as she comes up from the water, the Holy Spirit very clear very very clearly says that that used to exist no longer exists. And I knew in my heart that she was talking about the abandoned girl. That he I'm sorry, he was talking about the abandoned girl. He was talking about the dad who hmm. had abandoned. He was talking hmm. about old on me. Complete. And I remember just like bawling my eyes out uncontrollably and just like testifying in the breakout room. Because I, again, I knew him, but my beliefs were wrong. So I was like, I remember just like, Crying and crying and crying because the years of trying to forgive hadn't. Like, Mm. and I, I understand what it's like to try to forgive super long and not be able to. Because yes, like naturally you're not able to. Um, but that was, I was like the years of striving ended. So were you able to forgive immediately? I was carrying the biggest rock. <laughs> it was if I was carrying the biggest rock in my chest and in my back, like not only one, like the biggest rock with my arms. And mm-hmm. the Lord just took it. From me. That's how it felt. Like I didn't even have to try. I knew in my heart it was me. Wow. Like I, I, I received forgiveness. So after these meetings are done, what was the next thing? Like you're, you're like, wow, old Ame is is done. Um, what were the first few things that you were just like, this is a new understanding that I believe now. Hmm. I didn't have to live by offense. Not every thought that I had came from me. Actually, some of most of them, the hate ones, didn't come from me. Um, I was good. I was under grace. I was his child. He knew me. He loved me. Just like, I was good. And I remember, um, and this was after, because the next part, after like love reality happened was the Friday night study. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want I'm interested to know how that all came about. So keep I'm just being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so okay, the Friday night study. So I had seen Zach, Zach Owen mm-hmm. on the love reality thing. 
And that's hilarious because I remember seeing the boys and I was like, I wonder how we would, how we would be to be friends with them, how it would be like. But I like didn't talk to them or anything. Um, and again, Savannah blessing the crowd. She reposted a story from Saf and it was talking about the blood of Christ. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Again, one of the things that I received and that I learned was the power that the blood of Christ had over me and how it uh-huh. had cleansed me and how wow. the blood of Christ had been enough to, to make me clean. And not only from the sin that I had committed, but from the sin committed against me. Because hmm. the abandonment, if anyone here has ever experienced abandonment, you know that it is very traumatic and it is, and it leaves you feeling dirty and angry. And, and it is a pretty big sin committed against you. And, and it obviously involves so many things and the way people look at you throughout your life, like people identify you as a kid that doesn't have a father or a mother um, throughout your life. Like it is pretty obvious how people look at you and how people treat you. Um, and I remember the things that, that one of the things that I have never heard and I heard Jonathan say was, that the blood of Christ was enough for my sin. But I only knew it to be for the sin that I had committed. And one of the reasons I couldn't forgive was because I didn't understand that the blood of Christ was enough for the sin committed against me. Hmm. Like I always thought that my life was going to be based around, I was the victim and I was trying to forgive but I was still left with a pretty big wound. And for the first time, and what led me into forgiving, forgiving was knowing that the blood of Christ had cleansed me, had cleansed me from the sin committed against me. And on that cross, he became the abandonment that I had been suffering for 20 plus years. Um, and he took it away. And I actually do want to read that um, in in a few like more moments, but like that was pretty big. And wow. so when Savannah posted that, um, but that's when Savannah posted Zach's story, I was like, this guy seems pretty cool. <laughs> so I started following Zach on Instagram and I remember just like that I saw him. I remember I was like, oh, that's the guy from Love Reality. And so I gave him a follow. And the only thing I wanted mm-hmm. was to see cool things on my on my Instagram feed. Um, and I follow him. And like a week after that, he posts about this Zoom Bible study. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I remember thinking like, okay, I'm going to join. If it's not good, I don't have to come back (laughs) like ever Uh again. (laughs) And I joined and Connor and Zach were there. And I remember very clearly Zach and Connor singing like, we're international. Oh my goodness. Someone that's not from the U.S. is here. And they were so excited. They were like, pumped. 
And Zach especially was like, we're international, we're international. And I'm like, and I was like, yep. <laughs> I was the first Mexican there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it, that's how I knew about the Friday night study. And uh-huh. yeah, I actually didn't stop going until we ended it a month ago. <laughs> um, but it, it was perfect. Like, the Lord, it was such a sweet, beautiful gift. But it wasn't only, like, when they give you a little gift. It's when they give you a gift and a cake. And it smells so good. Like, it's, like, the perfect birthday gift. Like, it was fantastic. Like, the Friday night study, I was eating a three-course meal every time I was Mm. doing that Bible study. and. I remember, like, every time I would join, the freedom would sink in more and more. Like, I remember (laughs) Will says that I was like a little sponge, just like soaking in everything that everyone was saying. And I I, I would actually record them on my phone, some of them, just so that I I could re-listen to that goodness. But... For the first time in my life, I was good. Like, for the first time in my life, my soul was not wicked. And the Lord truly showed me that. Like, the Lord truly was like, what you're believing is not biblical. Like, I have never spoken that over you. You are good. And that is completely biblical. So you learned freedom from sin from... The Friday night Bible study, because you didn't even get that from Love Reality because you were a few days late or something. I I heard it. Like I actually did receive it. That I was free from sin. Like, but the part that truly hit for me during the first Love Reality session was that I was free from sin. And that included the sin committed against me. Hmm. So here I was learning who I was, like who I am in Christ. And I also learned rest. And just for like, for everyone, for anyone listening, like most of the people in the Friday night study were Adventist. Like they are Adventist. And I was not like, I was, I was like, I had no idea what Adventism was because it's not super big where I live. Mm-hmm. And like I knew like two Adventist girls, and I had no idea what Adventism was. Um, but something that I loved was the Sabbath. I was hearing all of you talk about the Sabbath and the Sabbath, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds sweet!" Like I love the Sabbath. And the funny thing is, I got free right here where I am right now, sitting on my bed. Mm-hmm. And I, for every Friday night study, I was sitting on my bed. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was talking, I think it was maybe a Bible study or something. I was talking and I was like, I don't know why the Lord brought me with in, like into a group of Adventists. And immediately <laughs> in my heart, it was like, because I needed rest. Mm. And like rest from striving and rest from carrying such big rock in my back. Like, such a heavy weight and the lord truly showed me how it was prophetic 
that I had gotten free on my bed, on my room, with oh, a group wow. of Adventists. <laughs> That's beautiful. How it meant intimacy and how it meant rest. Like, I got free on my bed, and it was wild. And, like, I was free. I just didn't know that I was free. And, like, during the time that I didn't know my freedom, some things were still very good, and the Lord still moved in powerful ways that prepared me from for my freedom, like, that prepared me to receive the, the actual gospel of Jesus Christ, <laughs> that to prepare me to receive the complete work of Christ. Um, but I remember the Lord being like, yeah, like, it was so prophetic, like, you getting free on your bed. And, like, if we go to the Old Testament, like, it's full of, like, representation of everything. Um, and here was like, yeah, I got free on my bed with a group of Adventists because <laughs> I need a rest. When did you start leading out in it? Because it, it, it <laughs> became a point where, like, I don't know how I met you or, you know, I would go to the Friday night thing. I think when it first started, I would go almost, I would go most of the time. And so I'm like, who, who is this lady? Who is this? Um, and then I, I think I started following you. But pretty soon it was like, you are all the way in. How soon did that take for you to just take this message and it just become your own? And now you were like teaching it. Ooh. It became my own right away. <laughs> like when I heard it. And here's the thing. I knew it was right because the Holy Spirit would just like bring freedom. I was actually experiencing the freedom that I had never experienced in my life. Like, I remember something that Serena thought me and she would tell me all the time is, you're so good. Like, she would use that phrase. And I would rest to the point and I lived restless to the point that if someone during the Friday night study was talking and the Friday night study was like, a, for anyone that doesn't know, it was a Bible study through Zoom. And if no one was talking, old me would have been like, I have to fill in the blank. Like, I have to talk. Like, this is too much anxiety. I cannot handle it. And something that it, it was that phrase that Serena uses. It was so engraved in my heart like it, it literally just i received it like sponge so mm -hmm. much that i would just like sit back when no one was talking and i was like i'm so good like i don't <laughs> need to say anything <laughs> like i don't have to prove myself i'm so good i'm so enough i'm so worthy like i was like i got that free um like i didn't have to prove myself if no one was gonna talk i was still so good because like that, that was <laughs> silence is uncomfortable. Yeah. That's why people go, um, hmm, when, when they're thinking of something to say, they can't just sit with silence because it's uncomfortable. So then you started teaching. What was that like? And what was the thing that you felt the strongest? Like, did you feel like after a few weeks or months, like you really understood Romans 6, 7, and 8? The First time I, no, it was like the second time I went to the Love Reality Tour, like I, I'm sorry, that I joined, um, they were playing video and this, like, this man was like, 
I learned that you're either in the spirit or in the flesh. And I started just like shaking inside and I'm like, I'm in the flesh. Like, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm in the flesh. And I knew that me being in the spirit and like, we're, I'm referring to Romans 8 here. Like, me being in the spirit was not dependent on, like, the fact that I am in the spirit. Because, again, not being in the spirit was measured through my actions. Hmm. Like, it was, I, I used to not measure it through the complete work of Christ. Like, I would measure it through my action. It was right. like, oh, I am, I'm acting out. Because, again, I believe were wrongly about myself so I would behave in the same way um did you act what you believe and I was like I was like I remember I would act badly badly and the first time I heard that I was like I'm in the flesh like I'm not perfect like I got mad I'm in the flesh and then they preached the good news that I am in the spirit Mm -hmm. and it was like Everything was finished and I just had to receive it. So believing that I was in the spirit, it was effortless. Hmm. And that was one of the first things. And then knowing that I was not a slave to sin, but a slave to righteousness and my heart desire righteousness because I have his heart. And like Romans 5, his love has been poured into my heart and the Holy Spirit has filled me. And I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. And the Lord loves me. And he's good and he's not mad at me. Like that was a big thing. I remember when I first received freedom. I would sit outside. And I would breathe in. And I would say. And I would just breathe and say. He is good. Like he loves me. For the first time in my life. The only thing that mattered was that he loved me. Hmm. And it doesn't mean anything if you don't think about it. If you don't really know what it meant for him to love you. But I was his kid. Like as a father loves his little daughter. And I was yesterday just watching like a video, like a reel on Instagram about this father that had like a newborn girl and then they showed how she was growing and the dad was playing with her and she was just and he was just like loving on her and giving her food and whatever and this song i have a daughter now was playing the whole time like i have a daughter now the whole time in the background and it hit me like he loves me like that like he to the lord I am like that. Like, I am his little girl. Like, I am his daughter. Like, he actually left the 99 and came for me. And it, and a biological father abandoning me meant nothing in comparison to him being my father. Like, it, it was a thing I went through, but he loved me so much. He took that on the cross. For me. And he left the 99 and he came for me. And so it, that's what mattered in that moment. 
like I was his girl and nothing I could do would, would make him leave me. It wouldn't make him be mad at me. Like he would no longer in my mind get mad at me because he didn't depend on me. He was love and he was joy. And he would never do anything to wrong me. The Lord will never do anything. He'll never be passive aggressive to me. He is good. Like he doesn't use distance or silence or anything to get me to him. He's always close. He's never passive aggressive. He's always good. And his character towards me is unwavering. And that's what I knew for the first time in my life. Like he is not making me try for me to be accepted. Like it it didn't matter anymore if I wanted to be a lawyer or not. It didn't matter anymore if I wanted to cut my hair short or long. Like it nothing mattered. He loved and his love for me was steadfast. And I was seen at all times through the sacrifice of Christ. And that's what mattered. And I was good. And I was righteous. And I was wholly blameless and above reproach. And that's what mattered. And I remember just like sitting outside and just <laughs> breathing like he loves me. And that's all that mattered. And that's what it meant. Like newness of life. Wow. So you first start walking in this fall of 2020. We're now in the spring mm -hmm. of 2022. And I've just seen you grow and grow and grow. And the things that you learned back in the fall of 2020, they're like cemented in there. They're, they're like the foundation that you live in. Um, in the subsequent two years, did stuff come for you? Did lies con mm -hmm. still try to come for you? And when that happened, what did you do? Hmm. I Something actually pretty bad happened. <laughs> and I, I'm not going to go into detail into what happened because I don't believe that's my story to tell. But something happened. Um, and I was indirectly very affected by it like someone did something and it really truly tested my faith like it tested my belief and something that i've learned is that love endures all things and not only the love of god for me but i have his love in my heart and that love endures all things. Hmm. And so my character is unwavering. So as, like, as he is, so am I. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's something that's really stuck with me. And something that I have been growing on. That I am love. Like, he poured himself into Um. And I'm his vessel. Okay, what would you want to say to somebody who really just desperately wants to grow in the freedom? Like, they, they've heard about freedom, they've watched, but they just want to grow in this 
what would you say to them? Like, how did you grow and how are you growing? Believe and fellowship with the Lord against all odds. Hmm. Like, the wind is going to come. And something that I've learned is that when you feel very wrong, that's the moment when you have to believe very right. Um, if you feel a lot of shame, that's when against what you're feeling rests in the fact that you are not filled with shame. That's when you rest in the fact that the blood of Christ was enough to clean you. To cleanse you, I'm sorry. It was enough to make you mm. clean. That's when you believe you're worthy. Not when you feel worthy, but that you are. And I, it's almost as if you were saying, I be like I am as much as I'm Ame, I'm worthy and I'm loved. As much as I have two hands, I'm worthy and I'm loved. Like it is this reality. And something, oh, I just remember this. Another lie that I used to believe was that truth and reality were two different things. Hmm. So truth was what God said, but reality was my situation. Hmm. And when I heard love reality, it hit me like my reality is what God says about. Serena says, like, it is like the matrix. like. You discovered that you have been living under a, a wrong reality. Like this whole time you've been good. This whole time he died for you because he loved you. Um, and so in the moments where you feel like it's not true, you better hold on to what it is to what is true, which is that you're loved, which is that you don't have to strive. Which is the fact that you are forgiven and you go to him and you're like and you confess and you're like, Lord, I did this, but I thank you for fathering me and I thank you that that's not who I am. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that I will see transformation because you have spoken a word about me and I believe it. Hmm. And you walking this with him and in intimacy with him. Like you're not doing any of it alone. You're actually doing it with him. And he is in you and he makes, he has made the wrong right. Huh. Um, and, and that's called endurance. And also love and her soul things. Something that's been pretty big for me is like that knowing that every fruit of the spirit is not waiting for you to manifest it. Like that's actually the character of God to you too. Hmm. And every trait that First Corinthians 13 describes about love, it is a character of God for you. Hmm. And he's always for you and never against you. Um, and there's no such thing as magic formula, but intimacy with him. And being very serious, yet very restful, and knowing what he says about you and believing it. and just like. Being like, Holy Spirit, thank you for reminding me of the truth when I most need it. And just like 
expressing like if you want to read if you want to stay three weeks on one verse and Hmm. rest on that you're so free to do that like take it in i tell my friends like if you're reading something let's say you're reading uh ephesians 1 and you just want to stay in the first few verses because the next thing you're reading you don't understand or it doesn't give you peace then just rest on those few verses and talk to God about them and rest and be on cloud nine for two, three, four weeks if you want to. But let that be what you believe. And he will make sure you understand the rest. But there's no striving and there's he's not rushing you into anything. Well, I just, your life has been such a huge blessing to us. Um. I'm think about how this whole thing has happened, and it's just a miracle. Uh, I've never met you in person, but like you're my sister. Yeah. Can I share one thing that's sure. in my heart? Absolutely. For I know I'm not the only one who has had daddy issues. <laughs> like um, I know I'm not the only one who has felt abandoned or that has felt like that felt at a moment that their birth into this earth was not good enough or it was not worthy or it spoke trash about you. And I just want to read you something. Um, I It's Colossians 3 and Colossians is like my favorite book. And I would please go read Romans 6. Like you are free from sin. Like you are good. You're in the spirit. Like please go get yourself rooted in that. But I I just want to read you something that the Lord shared with me. And it's Colossians 3. And it says, Living the new life. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And where Christ who is your life is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. Um, if you were abandoned by a parent, if you went through anything that's traumatic, set your sight on the realities of heaven. You are a daughter or a son of God. You are good. You have been born again. The birth you had on this on this earth says nothing about you, but you are good. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're worthy, and you're his. And you're the only birth that you can claim is the one you have had in him, which is that you've been born again with the identity of Christ, and the Father has ran to you to love you. And when the enemy comes to accuse and tell you that you were not good enough, that you were a product of whatever your parents did, whatever your mom went through. It is a lie, and the only thing the enemy knows how to do is lie. So Mm -hmm. set your sight on the realities of heaven because you look like your father, and you have been born of him. And so your only identity is in him. And when something feels too heavy, to believe that you can forgive, he has forgiven for you. You don't have to do it, just receive it. 
and believe that you are forgiven and thank him for the healing that he has brought you. And by his wounds, you are healed physically and emotionally. And he has done it. Just receive it. And this part, um, it is right here. Okay. This really just like struck me. And Elias, if, if Elias listening to this, is going to get pumped with me. But it's like, he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Like he took away what someone did to you and he nailed that to the cross. And also, it says right here, which is fine. Okay, here. Uh, Colossians 3, 5. So put to death the sinful early things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for the greedy person is an idolater worshipping the things of this world. You used to do these things when the, it says, like, because of these sins, these sins the anger of God is coming. And like it, it goes again with the thing I want to say here and the thing that Holy Spirit told me is have nothing to do. If you were born from sexual immorality, if you were born for whatever thing the world wouldn't consider worthy, have nothing to do with it. You have been born from Christ and you are full of value and full of worth. And that is who you are. But that was what set me free, and the blood of Christ has set you free too. Um, but your birth is good enough. If that's a wound for anyone, your birth is good enough, and He saw you in your mother's womb, and He loves you, and there's He's never gonna hold anything against you, ever. Um, so there's no shame, there's no condemnation in you. And whatever you do, you're good enough. And he loves you. And he's your papa, like he actually is. <laughs> um, but that's that's my testimony. Like he actually became a father to the father kids. Man. Ame, I love you. Thank you so much for for sharing your <laughs> you testimony. Too. It's a testimony that I just love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Got me singing like glory. Yeah, it got me telling my story. Know that your love is pouring on me. And love is pouring on me. River flowing in and never ends. More than life, more than me, more than just pretend. And you can feel it freedom from within. Free to fly, be the child that you always been. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. We would love it if you could share this so that people could hear uh, more of these stories. And a way you can do that is to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a high rating. If, if you give us less than a five star, I'm inclined to believe that you're not really rocking with us. So give us a five star rating and, and throw a comment in there. If you're going to talk about us on social media, go ahead and use the hashtag death to life. And let's get that hashtag going. This podcast is a production of Love Reality. And if you want more information about Love Reality, go ahead and check us out at lovereality.org. This show's produced by Tyler Morrison and Katie Prusha. The sound and editing is done by Addison Collingsworth and Eddie Cornejo. And then the Johnny on the spot is Annabelle Harper. And the artwork is done by Felix Gassman. 
Thank you so much for listening. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Mm-hmm.